Hey guys, it's Ed. Welcome to Drunk Gossip. I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. Today was kind of a surprise episode. I wasn't planning on doing one, but there's some um, there's some big stories. Um, the most important one, well, not really the most important one, but one that really uh, will affect um, us the most is the Drunk Gossip blog is nearly live. Um, I just have to do two more things, um, and my team says that it will be launched. So there's that. Yay, after six months of waiting, we are finally going to have our blog, and it just makes me really thrilled. So I will let you know as soon as it is live and up and running. And it's a really, it's a terrible segue to our first segment, which is going to be about Ellen Alda. In case you haven't heard today, Ellen Alda has gone public with his um, Parkinson's disease diagnosis. Um, It's a neurological disorder. I don't know much about it. Um, what I do know is that Michael, uh, Michael J. Fox has it, um, and he, Michael J. Fox has, I don't want to say had a good life, because I don't know what, what his quality of life is, and I don't want to compare, you know, Ellen Alda or Michael J. Fox to an average person who's not a millionaire, who's not, who doesn't make as much money as them, so I don't know, um, he seems like he's fine, um, and Alan Alda said it, it, it's been three years since he was diagnosed. He's acted. He's he's done a lot of things. I think he's on that stupid reality show with um, William Shatner and Henry Winkler. I could be wrong about that. Um, but so why come forward now? Like, you've, you've had this diagnosis. You're 82 years old. Why come forward now and talk about it? Well, he said he did a podcast and he saw his thumb twitching and he was afraid that someone was going to talk about it. And then he kind of dropped the bomb that um, a tabloid was going to run the story. And he didn't want it to be a sad story. He wanted it to be a story of hope and whatever. Which, bravo to you, Mr. Alda. Like, you know, I... It's really amazing to me, like... How these tabloids get a hold of, like, the 911 tapes from the Demi Lovato, um, call, and medical records. Like, those are things that should never be made public. You know, even when the National Enquirer was going public with Charlie Sheen's HIV, um, status. Yes, I love trashy gossip just as much as the next person. That's why I do this. That's why I'm building my career on this. But at the same time, to be honest with you, it it feels a little cheesy. It feels a little cheap. You know, and I know people will disagree with me. People will call me crazy or whatever. But it's true. It feels like... It doesn't feel true. It doesn't feel right. Like, you can have trashy gossip like... You know, if Alan Alda was having an affair with Demi Lovato, great, expose that. And 
am I the only one who just thought that that was a really good story idea? I mean, I'm not going to write it because I think he's old enough to be her great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. Maybe not, maybe not that many greats, but you get the point. Um, I don't, it, it just feels cheap and wrong to go after someone's medical records. Unless they're coming forward to talk about it themselves. You know, once you put it out there in the public light, then everything's fair game. Um, for his part... Alan Alda does seem to be um, fine. He didn't seem to be overly upset or anything, and he does seem to be keeping a positive outlook on life, which is always important. Um, you know, I like I said, I don't know much about Parkinson's disease, but I really hope that... Um, I know you can't be cured from it, but... I hope that he, Mr. Elda, has a a comfortable rest of his life, is because he deserves it. He's brought us so much entertainment. I'm gonna go, and I will be right back. Are you ready for your Demi Lovato update? Because I'm back, and I'm gonna give you one. So, Demi Lovato, I, you know how Mandy and I used to say, "Damn it, Taylor Swift." It's kind of turning into something else now. Um, I'm sure you can pretty much guess what it is. And it's not because we don't care about Demi Lovato. It's it's more that we just don't know how to take her. Like, it, we want her to get better. We don't want anyone to die. But at the same time, all these stories that are coming out really do not paint her in a very good light. So, first an update. She's still in the hospital, but it's completely normal, um, especially after Narcon is administered. Um, she, she had a fever over the weekend. Um, she was very, um, she was very nauseous. Um, so they're treating those symptoms to make sure she's okay. Um, According to everyone I've asked about and talked to about this, it's completely normal, especially um, when you're withdrawing from opiates, um, that you would go through these these um, symptoms. So, um, she's expected to make a full recovery. She's just going to be held a couple days longer, just to make sure, you know, everything's kosher. However, there are a couple of things that need to be talked about. First of all, allegedly, Wilmore Valderrama is said to be making daily trips to see her now. This better not be a reunion because nothing good can come out of those two getting back together. Um, maybe they're friends, but even then, I don't think that that's a very um, healthy um, a friendship to maintain. There, there's a lot of reasons why, but mostly I'll stick to he's Wilmer Valderrama, and if you read the gossip blogs, you know his reputation. That's gonna lead to another relapse. And speaking of another relapse, 
according to blind gossip um you know i did let me pull up the item for you so i can tell you the title of it um but according to blind gossip um it, it, the item is called the non-wake-up call and in it they're saying that she doesn't want to go to rehab um she thinks that this was just a really big mistake and she doesn't think she actually has an issue which which makes sense for an addict because an addict never thinks that they have an issue they always think oh it's not me you're you're blowing things out of proportion And the more you try to tell them that, no, you're not blowing it out of proportion, that they actually have an issue, the more they're going to fight you on it. So it it, it completely makes sense why she's doing this. Um, But um, her friends and family are very concerned that next time they're not going to be able to save her and and she's not going to wake up. And it, 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 that's one of those things where, again, you know, it, it's, it's completely normal for an addict not to think that they have a problem. And it's, it's completely normal for a family to be concerned. But at some point, you have to reconcile those two and realize that there's an issue. Um, at, at some point, it seemed like my aunt... Um, my, my addiction runs on both sides of the family. Um, at one point, my aunt was stealing and just everything from, from people in the family. And one of my most vivid memories of her, we were at a beach with my dad. And she and I were walking and she showed me a hole in her thigh where she had shot up. And that's honestly, like, that has stuck with me and, first of all, really exasperated my fear of needles. Um, but it also made me never want to try drugs. And so that's why I believe in, in my heart that she knew she was an addict. But I just don't think she was strong enough to get the help that she needed. And I think the same thing is true of Demi Lovato. I think she knows that she needs the help. I think she knows that she's an addict. She's just not strong enough to get the help. And I really hope that she does get that help soon. And I will be right back. Okay, so... uh, The next... Well, starting with the Demi... um, The Demi Lovato segment. um, And going through the uh, this one and the next one. These are all updates on stories that we've been following. Uh, Um... Roseanne, Roseanne, Roseanne. One day, I I really hope we can go back to not talking about her. And I know technically I could not talk about her, but... Um, since I've been following the breaking story... Ooh, excuse me. Since I've been following her story... Um, I, I just feel like it's my duty to see it through to the very end. So, after the racist tweet, and I don't care, you can, you can spin it any way you want. It was a racist goddamn tweet. Okay? Okay. Let's just be clear about that. Um, after Rosie's racist tweet, 
she hasn't had very many supporters in Hollywood. Um, even her, uh, even her um, fellow cast members and crew wouldn't defend her. Um, the exception is John Goodman, but he he wouldn't actually open his mouth and say anything about this, which is a story unto itself. But we're not going to go there because we love John Goodman and. I want to believe that he was just playing devil's advocate and not wanting to upset the woman when they were in the middle of negotiating um, her leaving the show. So, um, but now she has two defenders, Monique and Charlie Sheen. Now, you could argue that they're both just trying to get on the publicity train, and I firmly believe that's true. Monique has this weird feud with um, Netflix, which, just a little um, background in case you don't know, Monique is pissed off that Netflix offered Amy Schumer, Kevin Hart, um, and I forgot the other big name, um, but there was another comedian. They they were offered millions upon millions of dollars. Amy Schumer, in particular, was offered $13 million, um, for their comedy specials. And Monique took issue with that because she was only offered 500000 and she should have been offered the same as Amy Schumer. So the thing is, is, Monique is nowhere near Amy Schumer's level of fame at this point. Yes, she's still famous. Yes, she, you know, she's a... a, a an Oscar-winning actress. But what has she done? Besides start petty feuds. So, Monique says about Roseanne, Roseanne Barr is my sister in comedy, and she's my universal sister. And what I won't do is throw her away for making a mistake. We've all said and done things, baby, that we wish we could take back. But when you're in the public eye, you can't. No, it's not just when you're in the public eye. When you say something stupid, you can't take it back. I'm still teased for saying he who does not exist was a good man. And I really liked him. It's not just when you're in the public eye. But maybe it is amplified when you're in the public eye, but it's not just when you're in the public eye um, that things aren't forgotten. When you say something stupid, you say something stupid, period. And Charlie Sheen, who is known for saying stupid things and doing stupid things, um, says, I can relate to that tone of of absolute despair because it's not just about herself it's about the people she knows she affected as well what i hear in her voice trying not to focus on the words but the emotion is i hear the frustration pain there's such a sadness there i'm so sad that anyone thinks that of me oh that's um that that was part of what Roseanne thing. She doesn't like that people think she's racist. If you don't want people to think you're racist, don't say racist things. And if you don't listen to the words, Charlie, then you're not hearing everything because her words make no damn sense. First, first it was she was ambient tweeting, then she was drinking, then she was. 
Amy and tweeting while drinking. Then she hadn't slept. Then it wasn't racist. It was about anti-Semitism. There I go again. I can't say it. It's because I get so worked up. Because Roseanne can't keep her lies straight. Like, if you're going to be a liar, be a good one. Roseanne's a decent actress. She could probably pull it off if she really wanted to. I'm going to go and get my tongue untwisted, and I will be right back. And I'm back. My tongue is untwisted, thankfully. And this... Uh, okay, so the Les Moonez story has turned into just one of the most intriguing um, soap opera-ish-esque stories, whatever you want to say, around. So, um, as we all know, last week... Ronan Farrell, my journalistic boyfriend, and maybe my real-life boyfriend if he ever enters my emails, um, published a story about Les Munez um, sexually harassing at least six women, and the culture over at CBS, which um, was allegedly tolerating um, the harassment of women by these men. And, um, ever, um, Julie Chan, Sharon Osbourne, came out in his defense right away. Um, other people had been very slow to defend him. Um, Meredith Vieira came out and said, yes, there was this, um, um, an environment of sexual harassment, over on 60 Minutes, which Meredith Vieira is not one who that normally speaks on such topics. Um, so I'm really amazed and proud that she she spoke out. Um, the CBS stocks, or the CBS board yesterday was supposed to meet, but they've delayed any kind of decision making because Les was supposed to, um, Voluntarily step aside while they conduct their investigation. He hasn't done that yet. Um, CBS stock slid. Um, th- they have rebounded since, but this is a big story. Um, and Blind Gossip yesterday revealed their item, um, Deal Before Disaster. Basically, it was saying that... She, um, not basically, it does say... Sherry Redstone was trying to get the merger with Viacom done before the scandal hit. That way, Les could have left with a hundred and eighty million dollar golden parachute. See, if they if they fire him without cause, which this merger would have done, they have to pay him. If they fire him with cause, then they don't have to pay him. Now, right now, nobody wants Les Munez fired with cause. The reason why is because that will do much more damage to um, the value of CBS and the CBS brand than um, what they're going to end up having to pay him to leave. Of course, they don't want to pay him the $180 million parachute because he actually did something wrong. So what they have to do right now is figure out what's going on. 
so the the theory that there's um that this was a hit job put out by Sherry to get less out of CBS, which will then allow her to complete the merger of Viacom and CBS isn't really that far-fetched anymore. The question is, will it actually go through? Will it actually happen? Um, the rumor right now is... Um, he, first of all, he's not laying low. He is keeping his profile up. He was seen in the Hamptons this weekend. He's been um, seen out and about. So he is not worried about this. Um, the question right now is, um, will he be fired? Um, the business, the business trades say yes. The gossip blogs say no. I'm kind of leaning towards the gossip blogs because they usually see things, and they have sort more sources um, that they tend to utilize better than the than the business blogs do. Um, what I'm hearing is that they're waiting for the investigation. Um, since many of these allegations were decades old and not any time recent, um, they're, everyone's figuring that there's not going to be enough evidence to support um, firing him. A termination would just be a black eye for CBS. And I just realized I made a pun. And you know when I make puns, I have to go get a drink. So I will be right back. And I'm back, guys. So, you if, you if you don't know, I love soaps. Um, the big soap story this week, of course, is all four remaining daytime dramas banding together and threatening to boycott the daytime Emmys unless something is done about the voting system and all that. But that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is all four shows banding together and creating a system um, so that they can all flourish. Now, we all know um, the reason them banding together for the daytime Emmys is a, is a show of strength. The daytime Emmys need them more than um, they need the daytime Emmys. But when it comes down to it, each of the shows are a division of their corporations, and the corporations want to see a profit. And if their, um, you know, if their licensing fees are slash or whatever, um, they they're not going to make a profit, or they're going to make a, less of a profit. Back in the eighties and nineties, daytime shows were what kept networks afloat. Primetime obviously brought in money, but. Daytime is where the profit was at. Um, and slowly, that started to change because um, greedy corporations started putting in their feedback instead of letting the people who knew what they were doing do what they were doing. So, so slowly the profit started draining and shows started getting canceled. 
And now we're down to four. And of those four, they're still slashing budgets. Um, ABC's, our General Hospital's ABC's lone daytime drama. Um, it's produced in-house, so it, it, it's fairly safe. They don't have to pay a licensing fee. Um, they just have to keep the show within budget, which is something that Frank Valentini is excellent at. Uh, um, the other three soaps are in some part produced and owned by Sony. And Sony has instituted a no-raise um, policy for all other daytime um, actors, which has led to a mass exodus of people. Um, you know, there are some veterans who who have left, like, days and whatnot. Um, uh, Allison Sweeney being probably the biggest name. And yes, she's come back, but she won't sign a new contract, and this is why. Um, Bold and the Beautiful kind of rotates through cast anyway, so th- it doesn't really affect them that much. But the Younger and Restless lost uh, uh, Michelle Morgan, who played Hillary Curtis, and was one of their rising stars. And I just... It used to be that they would nurture talent, make sure, you know, that they stayed on for a very long time. Look at the Susan Lucci's, the um, the Rep- Re- Blah, Rebecca Buddings. Um, those ladies were on their shows for a very long time. And the audiences loved them. Even when they hated the character, they wanted to see what happened next. Same thing with Eileen uh, Davidson. Um, she has probably the best track record of any actress on daytime. She had a long run over on Days of Our Lives and then uh, and two long runs over on Young and Restless. Well, recent she, recently she decided to leave. And people were like, oh, it's because she's a real housewife. No. She left the real housewives to focus on her daytime work. Now, of course, she's not saying that she's leaving because of, uh, of not getting a raise. But you don't leave a job where you're happy and you're being well compensated. And that's the problem. You, as I've been saying, as I've been touting, um, since we started talking about The View losing all their co-hosts, daytime audiences crave, they, they want, they crave consistency. They want to know that, you know, maybe they're not going to see Ashley Abbott five times a week, but they want to know that they're going to see Ashley Abbott at some point during the week. They want to know that they're going to see Nikki Newman. And by letting these actors go, they're driving down their profits and they're going to lead the shows to extinction. And that's the truth. You know, I I posted One Death to Live, my serialized um, novel, which is based on a soap opera story um, trope. And... People are going crazy for it. They love it. And it's because people really love daytime shows. They really love the the soap operas. And that's something that we really need to start considering um, before we 
slash the budgets for everything. And that's going to do it for me for today. Thank you guys for listening. And cheers.